everyone. Welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. I am very excited to dive into today's episode with you guys. Last season, we had an episode where we started to talk a little bit about the health benefits of medicinal mushrooms, and that episode was so well-received that I knew we had to do a deeper dive this season. So I brought in an expert who I'm really excited to introduce you all to on today's show. His name is Jeff Chilton. Jeff studied ethnomycology at the University of Washington in the late 60s, and in 1973, he began a 10-year career as a large-scale commercial mushroom grower. As founder of Mycomedia, which sponsored four mushroom conferences in the 70s and 80s, Jeff is the co-author of The Mushroom Cultivator. In 1989, Jeff established Namex, the first company to supply medicinal mushroom extracts to the nutritional supplement industry. In 1997, he organized the first organic certification workshop for mushroom production in China. And you guys, Jeff is most definitely an expert when it comes to all things mushroom. He has so much knowledge and expertise on the nutritional and medicinal benefits of mushrooms, as well as how to source high quality products if you're going to start incorporating mushroom supplements into your diet. And some awesome tips if you're going to be cooking with mushrooms as well. So let's dive right in so you can hear everything that has Jeff has to share when it comes to mushrooms and what they can do for you. All right. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Megan. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to do this show with you. I'm so excited to do this as well. I know that we've, we've shared some conversations back and forth, and I'm so excited that we're finally able to have this conversation, and I think it's so timely, and people are, are really going to benefit um, from diving deeper into mushrooms and how they can benefit their immune health and, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it couldn't be more timely. It's just amazing what we're going through right now. So, yeah, it's a good time to do this. Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's totally, totally unprecedented. And I think a lot of people out there are looking for ways to be proactive about taking care of their health. And, and this topic of conversation is, is definitely relevant for that. Oh, is it ever? And, and before we get started, I just want to say I was looking at your website and you had all those pictures of the different recipes of foods and man I, it just made me so hungry i was just like oh my goodness look at those beautiful dishes oh uh, thank you i i love being in the kitchen that is my happy place and i just you know could spend days just recipe testing and throwing things together and seeing how they turn out well it's beautiful <laughs> really thank beautiful. you thank you especially these days you know being a little bit cooped up at home i'm yeah. i've been out a lot of new recipes <laughs> absolutely gonna be a lot of books coming out of this <laughs> oh 100 percent. yeah you know i think that's actually a good place to start talking about cooking i think a lot of people out there um, might not necessarily know the difference between like a culinary mushroom the kind that you you cook with and use in recipes and a medicinal mushroom can you kind of explain the difference there so people know what we're talking about when we say mushrooms? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a great place to start because I'm always encouraging people to put mushrooms into their diet. I consider mushrooms actually be the missing link. It's kind of like a forgotten food. And, and mushrooms, you know, when I started growing mushrooms commercially, and it was on a very large farm back in 1973, the classical Western nutritionists all thought mushrooms were simply nothing more than a garnish or something that add a little flavor. They thought they had hmm. no nutritional value. And the reason 
they thought that was because mushrooms are very low in calories. Mm. So in actuality, mushrooms are, are a great food. They're, they're 20 to 40% protein. They've got a really good carbohydrate profile. They have a slow acting carbohydrates. One's called mannitol. Um, the other carbohydrates are beta-glucans. And beta-glucans are something we'll talk about later, Megan, because they yes, absolutely. are the compounds that make mushrooms medicinal. Um, so yeah, the other thing is, is, is that with this carbohydrate com, uh, com, uh, pounds they have in there, mushrooms don't have starch. Uh, starch are what come from grains. And just so everybody knows, you know, it's like, okay, so what is a mushroom? Is it like, is it a vegetable? Well, you know what, it's in the vegetable section, but it has its own kingdom. So we have the kingdom of plants, we have the kingdom of animals, and right in between, we have the kingdom of fungi which is a huge, huge grouping of organisms, some of which are mushrooms, uh, which we all kind of know about, some of which are molds, which is another type of fungus that we kind of know about in a negative way. So it's a huge kingdom, but mushrooms are, are a really good food. Um, the other part about mushrooms in terms of eating mushrooms is that they are very, very high in fiber. So, so, um, and, and here's, here's something, you know, when we're talking about mushrooms, okay, all mushrooms have these beta-glucans in them, but some mushrooms have a architecture of this beta-glucan that's, that's different, and that architecture is what makes the difference between a edible, or, or let's just say a, a mushroom that's highly medicinal, and one that's just a, a good food. So they all share that quality, but some are more medicinal than others. The cool thing, though, is that some of the prime edible mushrooms are, in fact, medicinal, like shiitake, uh, maitake, and uh, lion's mane. These are mushrooms that you can actually find in the store, so you can be eating a great food and at the same time reaping the medicinal benefits. Yeah, and so if somebody were to, you know, buy those mushrooms at the store and cook with them, are they getting the same um, nutritional benefits as like if they were to take a concentrated amount of those mushrooms in supplement form? Well, you know what? Um, not necessarily. And here's here's really one of the things that, that everybody needs to know about mushrooms. And, and first of all, you know, like all foods, if you're if you're cooking and exposing anything to a high heat, like frying or something, we're going to lose some of the vitamins in there. But um, when I, when people cook with mushrooms, one of the issues is is that they always that, that many people cook them on too low a heat. Have you ever heard somebody say, "Oh, mushrooms are just slimy." Oh, oh yeah, totally. That was <laughs> okay, me my whole right? childhood. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I've never heard a, a child say anything other than, "I hate mushrooms. They're so slimy." And right. the reason is they're not cooked properly. Because if you cook mushrooms on a low heat, what happens is all the water comes out of them, and now you've got them sitting in a pool of water, which is fine if you want to make a gravy, but not if you want them to come out where they're actually, the way I cook them, high heat, whatever your choice of oil is. And then I, I like to brown them. And what that does is it seals the moisture inside. 
Also gives it, helps the, with the flavor, gives them a little bit of a caramelized flavor also. And, and it will, all of the medicinal compounds will be uh, retained in it because the beta-glucans are resistant to heat. But when you do that, you end up with a mushroom that has the moisture inside, it's cooked properly, the outsides of it are actually dry, so to speak. Uh, maybe they have a little bit of oil on it, but they're not slimy at all. So, so please cook them at a high enough heat to where you don't end up with a slimy, soggy, woo, <laughs> That's a good tip. Okay, good to know. Yeah, so uh, so that's that's one of the, and you know the thing about mushrooms too when you're when you're eating them is they're so versatile. I mean, you can put them in just about anything, whether it be like I had uh, fresh shiitake mushrooms last night in a stir fry that I made. Um, you can put them in eggs. You can you can really add them to about anything. Or you know sometimes I just fry a bunch up, and, and I'm kind of like the fry guy. I like to fry my food. So I, I fry them up and. Um, the taste is just wonderful. I mean, I'm eating them out of the pan as I'm frying them up. And, and remember too, with a mushroom, I, I usually will slice them a quarter of an inch thick and and then they will shrink. So you mm -hmm. could think you're putting a lot in there and when you're finished cooking, you're like, oh my God, where did they go to? They'll shrink to about half the size uh, from when you cook them in there. Oh yeah, it's like when you're cooking any kind of greens, <laughs> you put in like five cups yeah. and it shrinks down to a teaspoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. So, so you know, I, I highly recommend, even before people start to supplement with mushrooms, um, put them into your diet. They're a fantastic food. Um, not only are you get, getting the nutrients in there, but you're gonna get uh, the medicinal compounds and also you'll get all the fiber that they bring. So definitely, mm -hmm. Uh, put them into your diet. Yeah, it's, it's definitely such a good place to start. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about beta-glucans and what are some of the medicinal benefits of mushrooms? Well, you know, the, the, the thing about medicinal mushrooms and, and where I kind of started off on all of this is that they've been used for thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine. And for me, when I'm looking at, okay, which mushrooms should I, I put into my product line? Well, I look at the, what the traditional Chinese medicine tells me, and then I'll go to the scientific literature and see, okay, is there any science behind this that can demonstrate that these truly have medicinal value? Well, the, the scientists have studied these beta-glucans for 50 years and have demonstrated that they have tremendous immunological activity. And, and a mushroom, uh, in its cell walls, it's about 50% beta-glucan, which is just uh, amazing. So what a beta-glucan will do is um, it will, uh, we don't digest mushrooms very well in the stomach. They actually get digested down at our uh, alimentary canal. So what happens to the beta-glucan uh, goes down, it there are, we actually have receptor sites specific to beta-glucans. So when these beta-glucans get down there, they will hit these receptor sites. Those receptor sites will then um, strengthen or potentiate our immune cells. So macrophages, uh, natural killer cells, uh, T cells, 
those will all be basically stimulated to produce more if in fact they they see oh okay we've got something going on here we've got uh, some type of uh, either microbial infection starting like maybe more viral like a cold or something like that they will start to produce more of these immune cells to go out and and basically deal with it so that is really the key and that is uh, the most important compound that will make a mushroom additional so so um, when when you're for example like one of the primary mushrooms that I like to take for that immunological stimulation or potentiation would be reishi mushroom have you ever have you ever tasted a reishi mushroom I've never tasted a reishi mushroom, but I've, I've taken reishi supplements before. Okay, here's, here's a real tip for you. Okay. Um, because, because a lot of supplements, and we can sort of talk about this. As oh, yeah, we'll dive into a, that for sure. But a lot of supplements are not what they say they are. And one right. of the things about reishi mushroom, which is really great, is that it's bitter. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's not something like, it's not a culinary mushroom at all. And I don't know if you've ever seen a reishi mushroom, but it is a, it is a woody, beautiful, if it's shined up because it's got a, a sort of a burgundy red cap and a spiral shape to it just just so beautiful uh in fact back in uh, 1990 at the national foods expo in los angeles um, i was walking the floor with a reishi mushroom in my hand and i was trying to encourage the herbal companies there that have the full line of green herbs. I was saying, you know, have you ever heard of reishi mushroom? No. Oh, well, here, check it out. And they look at it and go, what is that? <laughs> is that real? <laughs> it's like a piece of wood. Yes, that's right. It is. It's like a piece of wood. We can't. And so, so you know, at that time, Megan, no company had mushrooms in their stuff on the line. None of them. And so, there I am trying to encourage them or educate them to the fact that the benefits of mushrooms, and of course at, at an expo like that, they're trying to sell, they're not really trying to buy, so I'm not having the easiest time until I actually get my own booth there uh, through the 90s, but reishi is woody and it is bitter, so to, to know for sure that you're getting a true, genuine reishi product, anybody who's got one of those products, a supplement out there, just just pour out a capsule and taste it. It had better be bitter. If it's <laughs> not, you know you've got something else. And we'll talk about that, but that's a key to ratio. And, and what sometimes we do when we're at a uh, show or something, we'll do what we call the ratio challenge, which is we'll have uh, a little a bowl of other material, other type supplements, and people will taste them. Oh, this tastes pretty good. Yeah, it even tastes a little bit sweet. It's okay, try our reishi extract here. They take it and go, oh my God, that is so bitter. And they're like, give me some water. It's like, <laughs> it really tastes like medicine. So reishi is a key mushroom for immunity. Uh, reishi is a little bit different from all the others because it also has compounds called triterpenoids. And those are what gives reishi its bitter taste. And so... That kind of sets reishi apart from all the others. It's got a very high amount of the beta-glucans, uh, but it also has these triterpenoids, which are very good for uh, the liver, uh, blood, 
and also has immunological activities on, it on its own. So, you know, a lot of times when people say, well, what is it that you take? And I say, well, I, I like to put reishi extract in my coffee in the morning. And you've probably seen out there, there's tons of mushroom coffees now. And, and oh, yeah, so coffees. many. And, and again, you know, even those products you have to be really careful with because a lot of them are, especially if they taste good, you're kind of like, whoa, what do you got in here? It should not taste that good. But you know how it is. Companies will try and make it taste good so that you'll buy more of it. Like, oh, this is wonderful. Right. And, um, um, the, the, uh, um, that, that for me, because I drink my coffee black in the morning. I love my coffee. It's, it's just one of the, the herbs that really you know, I, I prefer. And I drink it black and I add the reishi, which is bitter in there. And it's just another bitter note. And, and in a way, I kind of like the, uh, the flavor that it, it adds to my uh, black coffee in the morning. So reishi is a great one for immunity. And, and again, this is the key to all of the different mushroom species, the, the uh, immunological activity, and it gets back to having these beta glucans. And so for people who maybe don't love the taste of, of bitter, um, bitter taste in general, like would it be okay or would it impact the, the um, efficacy of it if you were to mix it with other things? Like if you added, um, you know, almond milk into your coffee with your reishi or like a sweetener of some kind, would that impact how effective yeah. it is? Oh, oh yeah, no, it wouldn't impact the activity, but it would definitely ruin whatever you're putting it into. <laughs> right, no, exactly. The best, the best way to take reishi if uh, you don't want that bitter flavor, and, and, and I totally understand, uh, is just to get capsules of it. Okay. That would be the way to do it, is just do it in capsules. Because really, there's no way to prepare it. Uh, traditionally, it's prepared into a tea. And, you know, bitters are actually, in the herbal world, are part of a part of a lot of uh, herbals. Look at bitters as something very important, something missing yeah. in our diets. And you know how. Uh, everything in, in our diet is either salty or sweet. <laughs> yeah, and bitter is a really important taste that, especially in Western diets, a lot of us are lacking. Absolutely um, right. It's like, no, no, we'd much rather have uh, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, sweet, salty, fatty, all that. <laughs> all yeah, that in one. <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's kind of like kale, right? I mean, I saw you had some kale there, and kale's kind of got a little bit of that different, not so you know it's kind of a little bit bit bitter oh definitely so, you know that's kind of one of those things too a lot of times it's a matter of just uh, building up a taste for something yeah oh and it, that's definitely possible i am a testament to that i you know asked my parents i wouldn't touch greens my entire childhood and even into early adulthood so the fact that i have a kale recipe on my website is is a big deal. <laughs> wow, it took a while like, to build a taste for it. Yeah, that sounds like me and Brussels sprouts. I used to hate Brussels oh, sprouts. Oh, yeah, now, totally. Now I love them. <laughs> oh, they're so good. And same thing. Yeah, I used to hate them as well. So for everybody listening, if there's a, a healthy food out there that you feel like you should like and you don't, just try it in different preparations. You, you never know. You might grow to like it. Yeah, now I see, I see Brussels sprouts being done in restaurants or stuff where they will actually – slice them in half and then they will fry them up and really brown them up and and maybe sometimes put a little bit of something on it and man, yeah. they're really great i see them as hors d'oeuvres and all that kind of stuff they're great yeah they're really having a moment right now brussels sprouts are very popular <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know they've, they've been following the kale story and go hey it's my turn come on exactly yeah <laughs> 
Um, okay, so you've touched on this a little bit, and I would love to dive deeper into it. Um, the the kind of uh, supplement world when it comes to mushrooms. And obviously, um, you know, you and I have talked about that there's um, a lot wrong <laughs> with the way that that uh, certain companies are, are approaching this. And um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about that and also um, kind of introduce this, the, the difference between mushroom and mycelium and what people can look for in their supplements. Sure. You know, the, 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 just to start off, the um, you know, we think about mushrooms, and I am a, a mushroom grower from way back on a, on a very large scale, and it's like, okay, so uh, mushrooms. I'm, Megan, have you ever been to a mushroom farm? I can't say that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has, because mushrooms are actually, especially in the United States, they're grown indoors, and so you can drive right by a mushroom farm and never know it, uh, oh. whereas, whereas we can grow drive by fields of corn or something else, and we all kind of know a little bit about how vegetables are grown because we've actually seen them out there. Mushrooms don't have seeds. Well, how do we plant mushrooms then? Well, to start it all off, mushrooms have spores and those spores, when, when a mushroom is mature, those spores uh, drop down, they're out on the air, they will land on the ground or they'll land on, on wood or, or a dead tree or something like that. And then when conditions are right, those spores will germinate into a very, very fine thread-like filament. And when multiple of those filaments come together, they will form a network, and that network is called mycelium. Now that mycelium is the actual fungal body, and what it's doing, and, and this is what's really cool about uh, fungi, is that they are decomposers. And, and, you know, there's a whole lot of microorganisms out there that are working on all the organic matter that falls to the ground every year. I mean, think about it. Leaves, uh, branches off trees, uh, uh, annual plants, they're all going through their cycle, then they're ending up on the ground, they're, they're laying there. Somebody's gotta work those things to, to basically repurpose them. Otherwise, we would be uh, buried in all of this organic matter. Uh, fungi are part of that, and this is this mycelium that is doing that work. We don't normally see it because it's it's either underground or in that log, so it's not highly visible. When conditions are right, and, and where I live, that's in the fall, even in New York, that's in the fall, all of a sudden the mushroom pops up, and we're like, wow, look at that. Where did that come from? You know, and it's, it's almost like a lot of people think, wow, it just appeared overnight. Well. Not really, but when you saw it, now it was big and reasonably mature. You didn't see it when it was small and slowly growing into that bigger mushroom. So, so the mycelium uh, builds up its reserves of uh, uh, energy by decomposing all of this organic matter out there. Uh, conditions are right, up comes this mushroom. The mushroom comes up, uh, the cap will expand. Underneath the cap are gills and those gills produce all the spores and now we have a complete life cycle now now traditionally um, mushrooms are all that have ever been used for medicinal purposes <clears throat> but here's here's an interesting fact and that is that we can produce mushrooms in the United States for food we can grow mushrooms we can put them into the marketplace we can Growers can make a living, uh, make a profit on those fresh mushrooms. 
But a fresh mushroom, like a lot of vegetables, is 90% water. Supplements are dried powders. So if you take that pound of mushrooms that's worth $5 fresh, you dry it out, and now you have to get $50 for that same pound of mushrooms that you're getting $5 for. Now it's dried out as a tenth of the amount there. So mm. that does not work economically for supplements. So there are absolutely no mushrooms in the United States that are actually grown for supplement use. And, you know, except for a few boutique growers that have specialty mushroom lines, but in terms of the market, the overall market, it just, it's just not economical. So what has happened is that companies are now growing this mycelium in a laboratory on sterilized grain. So they will use rice, they'll use oats, they'll use other grains. They will, they will sterilize them in a plastic bag. They will uh, put a culture of this mycelium into that sterile grain. It will grow out over the grain over a 30 to 60 day period. At the end of that period, they will uh, take it out of the bag, <clears throat> they'll put it on screens, they'll dry it out, they'll grind it to a powder, grain and all, so they've got mycelium on there, and mostly the grain. Do you know what tempeh is? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's Soy. what they're doing. They're growing tempeh, but they're using, because tempeh, tempeh, this is the interesting thing about tempeh, is that it is uh, cooked soybeans with a fungus grown on it. So when you're, when you're eating tempeh and you're looking at it and it's, and it's normally it's uh, white, that white on those soybeans is mycelium. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's actually a fungal food. It's huh. mycelium. But when you, know, when you cut into that tempeh, you look at it, it's like, okay, it's mostly soybean, but it's got this white mycelium there. So this is what they're doing. They are growing mycelium on sterilized grain. They grind it to a powder, grain and all, and then they sell it as a mushroom. When it's not a mushroom at all. In fact, uh, we've done tests, and I, I uh, actually published a, a paper in 2015. It was actually a white paper. It was called Redefining Medicinal Mushrooms. And we, we tested uh, 95 different products. We tested dried mushrooms. We tested some of the extracts that my company makes. We tested, I bought 40 different supplements right off the internet that were these, what I call myceliated grain or tempeh products. We analyzed them all for beta-glucans. And the beauty of this beta-glucan test that we use is that it also measures what are called alpha-glucans. And alpha-glucans are starch. So here it is, we, we measure them and, and a mushroom, a, a, a normal mushroom will have anywhere from 25% to 60% beta-glucan and it will have less than 5% alpha-glucan. Alpha-glucan again are the starches, but in a mushroom, mushroom doesn't have starch. So what we sometimes see is we see very small amounts of glycogen which show up as an alpha-glucan. That's the other cool thing about mushrooms is we actually share a few attributes with them. And one of them is a 
mushroom produces glycogen, just like humans produce glycogen as their storage carbohydrate. So we, we see that, we see like two or 3% of, of glycogen in these tests. But when we measure these supplements that are made from this tempeh myceliated grain material, it's the exact opposite. Now these have uh, anywhere from 30 to 60% alpha glucan, which is the starch from the grain, and they have about 5% on average of the beta-glucan, which is very, very low. I mean, some of them had, had mm. beta-glucan levels of about 2% when in a medicinal mushroom, we're talking 25 to 60%. So it was absolutely the opposite. And, and that shouldn't surprise anybody because when you look at the process of how they're manufacturing these products, you can see that at the end of the process, what they're drying out is mostly grain. So these companies are actually selling grain powder and labeling it as mushrooms. So when you go into the, the, the Whole Foods or some other supplement store, I'm telling you, 70% of the products in there will be these myceliated grain products, these tempeh-like products. And, and you can't tell that from the front panel. Some companies uh, are honest enough, when you turn it over, it will say mycelium, and if you look in the fine print, it will say myceliated grain of some sort. So, so some companies will actually tell you that, but, the, but many, many companies out there will not label properly, even in the supplements facts panel. They will not, they'll just say, uh, reishi mushroom or shiitake mushroom. They won't say anything about the grain in there. And, and you know, Megan, I, I do a uh, show every year called uh, Paleo FX. You know, paleo people do not eat grains. And, right. and there's a lot, of, a lot of people out there that avoid grains. And people come up to me while I'm at the show and they say, oh, mushrooms. I love mushrooms. This is just fantastic. And I'm like, wow, that's really great. And they say, I'm taking this really good supplement. I say, oh, yeah, what brand? They tell me the brand, and then I go, oh, I hate to tell you this, but what you're taking is mostly grain, and that happens all the time with people that we run into. It's just, I mean, it's, it's really <clears throat> sad to think that people are taking these supplements thinking they're getting medicinal mushrooms or benefits of beta-glucans or other compounds when in right. fact they're doing nothing but taking starch. So then what are some kind of top line things people can look for on a supplement label when they're buying a mushroom to make sure that they're getting, um, you know, high quality mushroom and not just grain? If it says made in the U.S., that's the first thing right there. If it's made in the U.S., you absolutely know for sure that it will be these myceliated grain products. Now, I say absolutely not always, because sometimes uh, it can come from outside the U.S., the raw material. And in fact, if it's, if it's bottled or capped in a, in a U.S. facility, sometimes they will say, you know, made in the U.S.A., which is, you know, in my mind, it's not very honest to do it that way in terms of, you know. But if it's made in the U.S., if it says made in the U.S.A., normally uh, and almost 90% of the time, it will be these mycelia grain products. The other thing is, 
look at the back panel, the supplements facts, if it says mycelium and in the other ingredients, the really fine print, if it says myceliated grain, oats, or something like that, well, that's the other tip. And the third way, and, and a really cool way to do it is, is go to the drugstore, buy a little tiny bottle of iodine, yeah, go home, because uh, let's say you bought a supplement, you're uncertain, you can't tell by the label, open up uh, two or three capsules of that, put them, put the powder into a um, quarter cup of water, stir it up really good, let it kind of stay in the water a bit, drop in 10 drops of iodine. If there is starch in there, which is a key to this, it will turn black. A true mushroom product when you do the same thing it will not turn at all that water will just simply stay the color of the iodine so that iodine starch test is a really easy way to test the supplement that you've got right now and you're going well is this or isn't it well do the iodine starch test it's simple next time you go to the pharmacy buy that little bottle of iodine you can expose it right in your own kitchen Wow, you can be like your own scientist at home. I love that, that. That's right. That's right. And if you and if you go out on the internet, they've got some really great uh, short three-minute videos about this iodine starch test, and it's really cool when you see that happen. Now, now some uh, mushroom supplements will be dark to begin with, so when you put them in there to stir it up, it's going to be kind of dark, so you can't really tell with those particular ones. But the majority of these myceliated grain products are actually very light colored because they're mostly this grain, light, light colored grain, and you can just taste them. And you know, a true mushroom, a supplement should taste mushroomy. Um, it should right. not taste. It should not taste bland. It should not taste kind of Swedish. No, it's it's it should have a mushroom flavor. And you know, a lot of people say, "Well, I don't eat mushrooms, so I don't know what that is." Well, it, it definitely should not be bland and kind of tasteless and you go, oh yeah, it kind of tastes like the flour I used to bake with or something like, like that. Like it should be pretty earthy and bitter and... Well, I mean, not necessarily bitter because, you know, a lot of mushrooms are, are edible mushrooms like shiitake or maitake and they're also medicinal mushrooms. So they they uh, will have a, a nice, uh, enjoyable flavor. But certainly if it's a reishi product, it better be bitter or else, yeah. or else you know for certain you've got one of these uh, other products. Mm, okay. The other thing, too, um, Megan, is that, is that right now, I mean, one of the things that we do um, is we test every single batch of mushroom extract that we make. We're, we're, uh, my company is primarily business to business, so we sell a lot of our products to other businesses that, that put out the products. We, we will uh, give them the amount of beta-glucans in that product. So if, when you're looking for these products, um, look to see whether they are analyzing for beta-glucans. If they're talking about it, they say on there, okay, not less than 25% beta-glucan. That's another thing that you can utilize. Now, that's not always, doesn't always work. It's even some of these companies will put and claim that they've got beta-glucans, but if you see an actual number on uh, some of these products, and a lot of the companies that we sell to are now using the beta-glucan metric, and, and we'll uh, talk about it with the, I put something on their bottle, like 25% or something like that. That's another thing that you can use. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. It's so helpful because I think a lot of times, you know, 
when we sort of expose the truth about the way that that uh, a food or supplement is produced, people kind of hear like all the bad news and they don't then hear the solution of like, okay, but how, how do I find the right product? How do I find something that's actually going to help me and that's not just going to be a waste of, of money? So oh, I yeah. think those are definitely really helpful tips. Thank you. Yeah, and you know what? It's like, look, I, you know, a lot of people think, oh, don't talk negative out there about anything. And, and I'm kind of like, look, I, I'm, what I'm really trying to do is just educate people because, you know, as you know, you go into the supplement store and there's a, a 101 brands of some herbs that you're looking for that trying to find a quality product is not easy. And, and people say, oh, supplements are not regulated. They are totally regulated in a lot of ways, but what is not regulated is actually what's in that capsule. In other words, it can be organically grown, it can be kosher, it can be done, produced in a certified facility, all of that. It can have 10 different, what I call, merit badges on it. You know, vegan, non-GMO, all the rest, and still be this myceliated grain tempeh product. Yeah, and that's, you know, you made a great point. Like. I think that everybody deserves to be educated on the things that they're putting in their body. And then from there, we all get to make an empowered choice. When you have the information, then you get to choose what is best for you one way or the other. And, um, you know, it's hard to do that without the information. So well, I yeah, appreciate I, the, the work that you do in, in spreading the good word. Well, yeah, and that, that's what uh, um, you're all about, right? I mean, that's what you talk about a lot, empowering people. And I, I totally agree with that. I and mean, that's where education and getting out the information so that people can make the choice based on real information and not some phony information. Exactly. Yeah. You really, you hit the nail on the head with that one. So the last thing that I love to ask people who come on the show is, um, you know, besides your, your area of expertise, besides taking mushrooms every day, what is one other wellness habit or daily practice that you swear by and can't live without? Well, I do a couple of things, one of which is I, I spend an hour every day in a, a workout. I have my own weight machine here where I can do weights and, and do a little bit of stretching as well. And I really, you know, every day this is just like a standard part of my routine. If I travel, I take these uh, exercise bands with me and try to keep up the routine. But that's that to me is, is really important because and I don't do it to like build up a lot of muscle. I just want to maintain my muscle tone. And I think that's really important. And it's just like, like moving everything. And the second thing that I do is uh, I walk um, every day or every other day, depending on whether it's raining or not, I will, I will get out and, and where I live, I live very close to the ocean. I'll walk and 20 minutes uh, from where I live, I can be on the beach and then I'll walk. I'll, I'll take about a, a two hour walk. And, you know, frankly, I think walking may be the very best exercise of all. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a runner and I always think, well, you know, you're pounding away and, and, you know, sometimes that later on does not help out your, your joints, your knees, your ankles and so on. Whereas walking is just such a natural a type of uh, activity for us as humans. So I, I, and, and I love to get out and walk because one of the things I do when I'm walking, Megan, and I think this is part of it, is that, that I let my mind go. 
Yeah. I, you know, I don't, it's I don't like go a out moving out. meditation. Well, it is a moving meditation and, and I don't go out with, with like, okay, I'm going to solve a problem right now. No, I, I, I've, I've tried that before. It doesn't work. My mind wants to wander. So I let my mind wander. I let it go. I'm looking around me. I, I'm stopping. Let's say I, I'm walking along like right now. I'm walking along and I look, oh my God, look, we've got these flowers that are just coming out and they're in bloom. And I stop and I just enjoy them. I look at the, the deep colors there. Or I walk along further and I see something and there's a bee that's on it, pollinating it. And I'm, I'm stopping right there and I'm just enjoying watching this life go on right in front of me. It's just unfolding. So for me, it's, it's like exercising my body and also freeing my mind from all of those programs that we're constantly running and mm -hmm. all of the, our sort of like normal everyday life, which can be stressful and, and have us doing things for like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I'm doing it. So that, that's really what, uh, what I do to uh, maintain my, my health. I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more. It was one of the reasons I was so excited to move to a city like New York, because it's so walkable. You, you walk miles and miles a day without even realizing it, and it feels so good. Oh, my God. Coming from L.A. where everything is in <laughs> Yeah, car. you're in your car all yeah. day. And the worst part about it is you're not really getting from A to B in a, a reasonably quick way. It's <laughs> no. way too long because you're in traffic the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely one perk of, of New York over L.A. Oh, uh, I, I love that, too, when you're in a walkable city, like a city, like I, I love cities in the world where they have walking streets. Yeah, street oh, those is, are so fun. Walkable, and, and I'm constantly telling my friends who live in the cities, get out of your car, because so many of them, you know, I had a friend that I talked to a couple of days, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was making this uh, great... Um, Indian uh, food uh, recipe, or no, it was Jamaican, actually. And he said, I realized I didn't have the spices I want. So I went on the internet really quickly. I found a spice store. It was down in South Seattle. I drove for 30 minutes down there to get these couple of spices. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, this is how some people are these days. They'll jump in their car in an instant and drive back and forth for an hour for whatever it is right <laughs> yeah definitely it's and you know it's funny that you say that that's one of the, my favorite things about the area I live here I've got this amazing um uh, Indian market down the street that has all the best spices you could ever want to cook with and <laughs> I can just walk walk in anytime it's amazing oh my name is being Kevin oh yeah it's the best <laughs> and by the way I just want to tell you too that I, I'm looking again at your uh website and i'm really not a big fan of tattoos but your tattoo there you have, is one of, the, one of the nicest tattoos i've ever seen oh thank you so much i really appreciate that yeah it really is i i just like wow that's very cool and like i said i'm not a fan of tattoos but thank you like, that yeah is, that is really cool Megan. it's one of those things i never thought i would get one and then you know during a hard time in my early 20s, I got one and, and thank goodness I, I don't regret it. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> I'm all right yeah, with yeah. it. And <laughs> yeah, it's, but I, know, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's fantastic. So listen, Jeff, if people want to learn more about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? 
Well, come to our website. It's namex, N-A-M-M-E-X dot com. We have uh, one menu there that will take you to educational section, and we have a lot of great information there. And that's what I'd really like you to do. Come and educate yourself. Read some of what we've got there. And then we also have a, a retail site called realmushrooms.com. And realmushrooms.com, you can get products there, but also has a lot of educational information there. And, mm. and that's what really we're all about. We're really trying to educate people, not only about the benefits of mushrooms, but the quality differences out there so that people can make educated choices. So please yeah. come to the websites. And also, just uh, for your listeners, if you want to put mushrooms into your diet, start with the shiitake mushroom. It is just amazingly wonderful mushrooms into your diet. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the information that you share and the work that you do. And for everybody listening, um, I will be sure to link those sites in the show notes below so that you can go check it out and, and educate yourselves and hopefully um, incorporate, you know, some immune boosting mushrooms into your, into your diet and supplement routine. So thank you, Jeff, so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. It's been really great. I really appreciate being there. Absolutely. And for everybody who was listening, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you know somebody who would benefit from hearing it, please be sure to share it with them. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already so that you can be the latest to hear the latest episodes. And um, as always, until next time, have a happy and healthy day. 